Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Okay, so I'm on a roll. Just recorded the last one, and which was uh, the five disciplines of healthy teams, discipline number two. I'm on a roll here, just still enjoying this uh, Basil Hayden that I poured just uh, an hour ago. You know, it takes me a long time to uh, drink a really nice bourbon, as well it should. You know, people who pour bourbon and then pound it, it's like, what kind of a savage are you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's what Jack Daniels is for. I mean... I'm sorry. If you are a fan of Jack Daniels, feel free. Just go ahead and you do you, boo. Jack Daniels is okay, but nobody on the planet would call it a fine bourbon. They would call it a a, a bourbon and, you know, it's a Jack and Coke kind of thing. If you ever have just straight Jack Daniels, maybe with a little bit of ice, you'll think, I'm not sure I like bourbon because uh, it's it can be a bit sweet and harsh at the same time but hey if like i said you know if you're if you're a fan jack knows i got a bottle sitting right over there in the liquor cabinet right here in this studio so if you want some of that when you're sitting here with me i would be happy to share it with you and uh, i would probably uh, restrain my uh, judgy eyes as much as i could also enjoying the same cigar um, that i was enjoying in the last podcast it's a really nice cigar. It's a Churchill length, so you know how those are. They're big. You can imagine Winston Churchill in a cigar. I don't think I told you what the cigar was in the last one. It's a, it's another double Maduro cigar. This one is a Romeo and Julieta cigar. And a double Maduro means that it's got Maduro dark, beautiful dark Maduro leaf wrapper. Looks looks like chocolate. And then inside, it's also got Maduro as part of the um, binder within the cigar. It's good stuff. And then the Basil Hayden 10-year is, uh, is the bourbon that I'm sipping. Mm-hmm. I'll set that down. I probably won't be drinking it throughout the entire conversation because, I don't know, it annoys me if I hear people drinking or smacking their lips or chewing food in uh, podcasts. If I'm watching somebody on a, like a YouTube video or something, and we have a YouTube channel as well called the Hilt Academy, and uh, if I watch somebody uh, on YouTube, I can see them chewing and that sort of thing. It doesn't bother me as much, but if I just hear it, especially if it's a nice microphone like this one is, that noise bothers me a lot. All right, get, let's get to it. Let's get right to it. Um, enjoy another puff on this cigar. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know what? It went out. I'm yammering so much, this cigar went out. Here we go. There, I'm lighting it. It's a torch lighter, and uh, I have wooden matches here, but they're so brittle, they break off every time I try to strike them and get some more. So I use this really nice torch lighter just to get it relit. So let's talk about the five disciplines of healthy teams or high-performance teams. Part three, we'll talk about the third discipline. So, you know, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Much of our world, in fact, of our economy is built on our desire to appear differently than we actually are. <laughs> From advertisements about shoes to 
advertisements about services that people provide to how people present themselves. We, we spend time and sometimes a lot of money trying to appear differently than we actually are. You know, I, I'm grateful, though, for combs and for clothes <laughs> and for cologne, and those things gracefully cover reality. I'm grateful that, for that, but I crave authenticity where it really matters. There's something pure and potent about it. Whether I'm experiencing the genuine article in this beautiful Basil Hayden's artfully aged tenure, or a pull on this really nice double Maduro cigar, or, of course, more importantly, the perspective of a friend, I'm never smaller for encountering the authentic. Authenticity, though, has kind of become a buzzword, it seems to me, of late. It seems like in every newscast and every new product pitch and every nutritional superfood, there's a claim by both the genuine and the fake that they are authentic. <laughs> it's kind of hard to see through it all. That constant and, I don't know, it seems to me increasing drumbeat of these claims of authenticity actually only serves to highlight our healthy underlying appetite for authenticity. We crave it. We need it. We can't accomplish anything worth celebrating with anyone worthwhile without authenticity. So great teams know the value of authenticity, and therefore they practice this, the third discipline of high-performance teams. They are authentic. Now stick with me here because it means something a little bit different than what you may think. Authenticity in these teams grows out of a direct experience. Authenticity does not come from a distant study or secondhand reports. Therefore, direct experience results in something. It creates joyful, humble curiosity in great teams. And then eventually it yields huge wins. So to authentically love the outcome or the mission of your team, the team must directly experience and enjoy the work that goes into accomplishing the mission. All that work, including the grand gestures of the work and the gritty, granular, sweaty part of the work, they enjoy it all. Or at least they realize that it is what makes for all the outcomes. If the team is um, all about influencing, for example, public policy so that ex-offenders can pursue employment unfettered by these old archaic laws, then that team must authentically appreciate talking with legislators. <laughs> Who knew? They have to genuinely thrive on engaging angry and disenfranchised ex-offenders who are struggling valiantly to make a living. There's no way that they can be authentic without both of those. Or if a team is set out uh, to try to create the best online marketing presence, then that team has to genuinely appreciate candid feedback about the quality of their work from the people who use it. If a team is about, I don't know, building a, a national micro-brew brand, the team has to actually like beer. 
Moreover, they, they, they have to be able to find a real reward in scrubbing the fermenters after every batch. I asked a tour guide of a microbrewery once down south which beer she preferred. I was struck. She put her hands on her hip and said, Oh, I don't drink beer. Kind of an interesting hire, wouldn't you think? I guess I suspect she won't be long for that job. <laughs> People are often remarkably adept at spotting gaps between the walk and the talk. Uh, a man at the gym who gives fitness advice is never seen working out. Wow. A physician with dirty fingernails or greasy hair and way overweight and wow. Maybe a management consultant who's never actually managed but only consults. Or a politician who doesn't even vote. Or a politician who makes one really bold stand and then reverses that position in order to achieve higher office. Or, I don't know, the, uh, the driver of a clean Jeep. <laughs> All those things. I don't know about you, they make me pause. I suspect inauthenticity. And then I'll probably withhold my trust, if trust is required, even just a little bit. That makes for weak ties and poor performance, especially when we're in teams. High-performance teams, building on the first and the second disciplines, remember what they were, show up, fulfill your promises is one side of showing up, and keep your head in the game is the other side of showing up. Be here. Be here when you say you're going to be here, and then actually be here when you get here. That's discipline one. And the second discipline, pay attention to your impact and make sure that impact dares me to be better. The, so, so teams that practice those disciplines in that order, they start to practice the first one, and then they move to practicing the second one. Now practice this third discipline. They are authentic, and they practice it with zealousness. <laughs> they crave and seek authenticity in everything they say and they do. It's their direct experience, though, that informs their direct conversations. Their decisions are based in real experience rather than in theory about experience. They shun the indirectness. Is that even a word? I don't know. It'll work. And they shun inauthenticity that comes out of rumor and gossip. When they're presented with a choice between work and books about work, <laughs> they choose work. They plan while they implement they don't sit back and come up with the perfect plan and then feel good about that. They move while they plan. They learn by doing. They know that the sidelines and the grandstands are for others, not for them. In fact, they exist to enter the fray, not to study it. So if we're going to practice this third discipline, it's, it means at least five things, and we'll get right to them. Here they are. First... It means that we, like I said, we value doing over talking. We value attempting over planning. We value taking the risk over being secure and safe all the time. We think while we move. All high-performance teams practice that. The second thing that this discipline means is that we shun people who are talkers and we're drawn to people who are doers. The third thing, we don't hide anything from our team members. We enter the arena every day and we bring our weariness and our fears and our weaknesses with us. We have no place for pretense, no place for that shiny internal politics that happens so much. Here's the fourth thing that this means. 
we practice humility. Humility is not an innate trait. It must be practiced. It is an amalgam of confidence and curiosity. We're utterly confident in our mission and in the wisdom of others who've gone before us and in our team. And at the same time, we're voraciously curious about what's next, what we're missing, what we could learn. We've got a boundless appetite to know how things really are. It's our genuine, respectful curiosity that prompts us to engage. We listen, we ask questions of others about mental models, what they think is true, that shape their experiences and ours. We can't wait to dive in. Our bruises and our scars and our awards and our patches and our stories really just serve to fuel the need we have for more direct experience. When we're practicing this discipline, we never fully arrive. We never claim we've paid our dues and we never rest on our laurels. Think about that. So if we found that Practicing this third discipline means a fifth thing. It means that we know the difference between a reason and an excuse. (laughs) And we have no tolerance for excuses, none whatsoever. I'm late because there was an eight-car pileup on the freeway. Now that's a reason. I'm late because there was a lot of traffic is an excuse. I can't engage because I have a migraine and I can barely keep my eyes open. Now that's a reason. I have a hangover-induced headache and can't engage. Uh, Now that's an excuse. So action is the fertilizer and the fruit for the tree of authenticity. Action in the face of resistance creates authenticity. And when I use the term resistance, I'm really grateful to Stephen Pressfield. In his books, three of them, he talks about this really powerful principle the war of art, and do the work, and turning pro. Resistance, which is, he says, an ever-present force aligned against our success, can be overcome through action, direct, authentic experience. Teams can't merely ponder or plan their way to success. This discipline, this third discipline of high-impact teams, will drive out resistance and along with it inauthenticity and it'll replace it with the adventure of direct experience. This discipline dramatically transforms our conflicts and our conversations and our celebrations. It's the stuff of life. So those authentic souls who choose adventure over books about adventure, uh, they're the ones who when banded together with other like-minded people produce change in the world. This is not hyperbole. They actually get results based upon this discipline. And by the way, getting results is the fourth discipline that's practiced by every high-performance team. That's what we're going to talk about next time in the next podcast. But I think that's it. I think I'll just do these two podcasts tonight. I think I'll just have recorded these two. I'm going to kick back I'm going to enjoy my family that are coming over in just a little while. And I'm going to finish off the rest of this Basil Hayden. Not the bottle, just the amount (laughs) that I poured in my glass. You're doing good work. Can you do better work? Hey, here's to you. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. 
This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.